0: All right. So let's continue with our wounded discussion. Um, as we jump into this, I, wanna, uh, I want us to think about a few important things when it comes to church hurts and wounds that happen in the church, uh, and why it's important that we need to address it, uh, why we need to process through it, and, and then why we collectively and as individuals need to constantly be working against it. Um, and, and when I say working against it, I'm not talking necessarily to keep it from happening, And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning, and we're going to talk about that more next week. But I want you to think about this. Um, When it comes to to wounds in the church and church hurts, there's some reasons we need to, again, really think about this. First off, churches that end up wounding uh, the people within it. Um, And and I mean a lot, you know, it's going to happen no matter what, when churches really end up causing a lot of wounds inside of itself. uh, Can we all agree that that actually damages our witness, actually in the community? I mean, when you become known, uh, or if a church becomes known as a place that is is constantly wounding people, um, it gets a reputation, and, and and it affects our witness, and to be able to share the gospel, Uh, The other thing I want you to realize is, and this is what kind of came to mind as Pastor Matt was praying for David, was another reason we need to be willing to uh, address wounds in the church, and we should be willing to talk about it, is there's a lot of people in this world, there's a lot of people in our community, I know a lot of people that want nothing to do with Christianity. They want nothing to do with the church because they were wounded at some point by the church, and it was never dealt with. Uh, and, And so we have a lot of people that are actually not wanting anything to do with Jesus because of a wound that they're carrying that happened to them at some point in time in their life. So that's another reason that we as a church need to be willing to address this and have hard conversations when it comes to the wounds that can actually happen inside the church. Another thing, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this this morning, is that we should be addressing church hurts and wounds in the church because there are too many Christians that are still sitting in the church and and coming and being part of the church, but because of past wounds, um, we live a very ineffective and a very um, limited uh, Christian life because we've just been wounded to the point that we haven't found a healing from that. And it actually, we're not not one of those people that step away from the church, but we step away as much as we can from really digging in and being part of it because of whatever wound that we're carrying. So as we go through this, we have to understand there's some real significant reasons why this conversation cannot just be a one-time sermon. Uh, This is something that we always have to have in front of us and be tender-hearted about and humble towards because it's going to happen. Because here's the thing, church hurts, wounds in the church are going to happen. Some are intentional, some are unintentional, but here's the point, all are inevitable. They're going to happen. You can't get around people and not have the possibility of being offended or hurt or wounded in some way, shape, or form. If you think that's possible, we're fooling ourselves to think that we're perfect. And I don't know about you, I'm far from perfect. So church hurts are going to happen. Wounds are going to happen in the church. Again, some are intentional as our sin and and our weaknesses and our brokenness uh, come against each other. Some are unintentional. Nobody purposely went out to hurt anybody, but it happens. Something gets said, something gets done. I've had it before. I had a when I was in Missouri, I had a person upset at me because when I was walking down the hall of the church, uh, we were walking past each other, and supposedly to them, I gave them a look, and they were offended. And the sad part is, hear me out, and I'm not joking on this. The sad part is, when I found this out, I'm sitting there going, I didn't even notice them when we walked by each other. That sounds even worse. It's like you were to... But anyways, this is the thing. Sometimes we find, we're gonna, okay, this is stuff we're going to talk about. But here's the thing. Wounds are going to happen because we're broken and church is messy. And, and if we're going to be a church that is always trying to reach new people for Jesus, guess what? Messier people are going to be in the church all the time. So, so here's the thing. If we're just ourselves and, and we're together for 20, 30 years and, and we think, well, we, we shouldn't wound each other. We know each other well enough. But here's the thing. If we're constantly having new people come in the door, there's always going to be the potential for new church hurts. There's always going to be the potential for new wounds. Because we're always going to have people coming in that are broken And church is messy See, Paul understood this Otherwise he wouldn't have said this to the church He said, bear with each other and forgive one another If any of you has a grievance against someone Forgive as the Lord forgave you Why would Paul even bother saying that If he didn't already know Hey, you guys are going to hurt each other It's going to happen You're going to have grievances against each other you're going to have moments where you're going to be angry with each other. You're going to have moments when you're, you're frustrated with each other. You're going to have moments where you're not going to understand why certain things happen. And he said, bear with one another, forgive one another, just as the Lord forgave you. Paul wouldn't even have bothered saying this if he wasn't already seeing the reality of church hurts. See, Paul even went through church hurts himself. We actually see that in Scripture and I'm not going to go into deep, uh, you know, a deep thing of this, but anybody, if, you, if you're not aware of this, use a reminder of it. Paul had this great missionary movement, right, where he was out preaching the word, and he had Barnabas with him. They were like tight. Barnabas, he went and fought for Paul. See, the early church, they didn't trust Paul because Paul was out arresting christians and putting him in prison and barnabas came and he stood up for paul and he said no paul has changed he's a believer he's anointed by god and those two had an amazing ministry with one another and then they had mark and mark was like the trainee and we don't know what happened but we know for some reason mark abandoned them on their missionary journey at some point in time mark says i can't do it and mark left And what we find out in Scripture is there was a time where Paul came and he said to Barnabas, he said, Hey, let's go back to all the churches that we visited before. Let's go see how they're doing. And Barnabas Barnabas says, Yes, let's do that. Let's bring Mark. And Paul says, I want nothing to do with Mark. And the Bible actually says there was a disagreement between Paul and Barnabas to the point that they split company, there was a church hurt. You know, one of the things that's interesting about Scripture, and I'm not trying to feed into Scripture, but one of the things that's interesting about it, when they split, Barnabas is never mentioned again in Scripture. It kind of makes you wonder if people took sides. Like, oh, Paul's right, Barnabas is wrong. Kind of makes you wonder if Barnabas spent some time with some church wounds because people said, well, we've got to follow what Paul says. So Paul is saying, bear with one another forgive because there's going to be grievances see here's the thing i want us to all understand including myself wounds are going to happen they're going to happen you're going to get wounded at some point in time you're going to be offended i'm going to take a a good leap of faith here and say every person in this room if you've been in the church long enough you've experienced a church hurt of some kind you've experienced a church offense of some kind if you haven't, then I am just going to say, you need to be praising God all the time that you haven't had to go through that. But there's a good chance that sooner or later it's going to happen. Wounds happen. But what's important is for not us to debate about the wound as much as understanding the most important thing is how we choose to react to the Wound. See, I could get up here, Pastor Mac, get up here. We could talk about all the reasons we shouldn't be wounding one another. We could be talking about all the reasons that we need to be growing in Christ and that shouldn't be happening. I'm not going to take that route. Because as we grow, we're going to be wounding one another. It it amazes me. uh, Almost every day since we've had this long spring break, um, my wife has said, you know, many times, she's like, I don't know why the girls go out and play with each other. They fight within like three minutes. They constantly are fighting. Siblings are constantly fighting. Can I just encourage... Y'all to realize we're brothers and sisters in Christ, right? If if natural siblings fight, guess what? Sooner or later, there's going to be a moment where brothers and sisters in Christ are going to fight too. So what's important is not us trying to pretend like wounds aren't going to happen. What's important for us is to understand that we need to determine how we react to them. Because the only thing in this world that I can control is me. I can't control if somebody wounds me. I can't control if somebody does something that offends me. I can't control any of those things. I can't control anything except for how I choose to react to the things that happen to me and around me. This is the only control that I have. Now, I want to share, uh, in speaking about church wounds, why this is important, and I want to share a, a quote from an author, kind of a warning on why we need to be serious about this topic of, of church hurts. Uh, they say this, no matter how large or petty the cause, every religiously wounded soul is in danger of a tainted life of smallness and pain, of misdestinies, and the bitter downward spiral. And every soul has the power to be free, but is clenching the very offense or rage or self-pity or vision of vengeance that is making life a microcosm of hell. So, so what the author is talking about here, actually the illustration that he gives, he says church hurts, wounds that happen to us are like a child. He gives a, an example from his life where he gets a call and he has to run down and, he, and he's, he's working at a university and he runs down and there's a child with his arms stuffed up inside of the vending machine. And the child's screaming bloody murder The father is angry because this happened to his child His child's just screaming So the guy's trying to calm everybody down And he's going to try to get the kid out He reaches up and, and follows the kid's hand And when he gets to the top of the kid's hand He chuckles to himself and he stands up And he says, Timmy, let go of the candy bar See, the reality was the kid wasn't stuck He just didn't want to let go and this is the reality we need to understand about church hurts and wounds. Wounds happen. There's freedom from it. But what happens is, as we are tempted in our flesh and in our brokenness and in our sinfulness. We're like the kid holding on to the candy bar and we don't want to let go. And freedom only comes when we choose to let Go. So as we begin talking about that this morning, we're going to talk about bringing our wounds into the light, right? Taking wounds from the darkness and bringing them into the light. I want to kind of lay a foundation for us of why this is something we need to understand and we need to talk about. Jesus tells us this. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life notice the standard that jesus gives and this standard is not based on us it's based on him he says i am the light of the world the standard is based on jesus and then he says whoever follows me notice will never walk in darkness some of us might sit there and say well wait a minute i feel like i walk in darkness quite a bit Well, let's challenge ourselves with what Jesus says. He says, those who follow me will never walk in darkness. There is that point of we have to choose to be followers of Jesus in every regard. And see, here's the thing. Wounds are darkness. Wounds are darkness. Wounds are not things that Jesus wants for us. Wounds are not things that Jesus desires to happen to us. Wounds are part of the darkness. But they're going to happen. And what we have to understand is, is when we choose to live with unhealed wounds, we're choosing not to walk in the light of Jesus. We're choosing to walk in darkness. When we choose to not allow Jesus to glorify himself in the wounds that happen in life, especially in the church. We are choosing to not walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Instead, we're choosing to walk in the darkness of of the very thing that he died for. Let's go a little deeper into this. We are the church. We're talking about church hurts. Here's the word for church in scripture. This is the the word that Jesus Jesus uses when he says, on this rock I will build my church. The meaning of this word is simply the called out ones. The church. We are the called out ones. What are we called out of? We are called out of darkness. We are a people that have been drawn from darkness to God and we've been drawn to one another. This is what it means to be the church. We are the called out ones. Peter understood this. Remember, Peter's the one that Jesus looked at. and He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Notice what Peter says later in scripture. He says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who, ca- who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is the foundation of the church. We have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, sometimes when we hear something like that, some of us, especially those that have been really wounded in a church, we start getting frustrated. We say, yeah, but see, that's the point. We're called to be light. We're called to be called out of that stuff. And when church hurts happen, we get frustrated because we say, wait a minute, Jesus called us to not be this way. Well, here's the thing about light and and dark. No matter if you're in the light or not, we have to understand and and, and accept the fact that darkness is always right there at the edge of light. Darkness is always right there at the edge of light. And there's always that temptation. There's always that draw. There's always that flesh that attempts to draw us back into darkness. This is true for every single one of us. This is why every single one of us in the church we have the ability to be wounded but we also have the ability to wound. Because darkness is always right there at the edge of light. But Peter's telling us he's like listen you've been drawn out of that you've been called out of that you're called to walk in the light to forsake the darkness and when we think about our church hurts when we think about wounds we have to be willing to take our wounds whenever they happen we need to make the choice to take our wounds and not allow them to draw us into darkness but to make the choice to bring them into Christ's marvelous light and that's what we're going to talk about just for a moment we're going to talk about three or four questions that i want to encourage us with that we can ask when it comes to our own church wounds Now, again, maybe some of us here right now are saying, well, I don't have wounds. Um, And here's the thing. I don't want to try to be up here and say, well, no, you probably do. Let's find them. I don't want to put anything on anybody. But can I just encourage you with a thought? I've grown up in the church since the moment I was born. Um, There are a lot of things that happened to me in the church that I didn't realize how they were affecting me until I really started thinking about them because they really did impact the way i saw things and my attitude they impacted my own you know here's you know i had a, a season of life where i looked at the church and i saw what was going on in the church and i saw the way people were attacking people in the church i wiped my hands of the church for quite a while i was like i want nothing to do with this because of the wounds that happened to my family and to myself and to people i cared about and the things that i would see so i'm not trying to put any wound on anybody But I want us to kind of process this And be open to the fact of letting the Spirit say Hey, maybe there's something there And you just haven't noticed it Because I don't know if you're like me I'm really good at burying things I'm really good at burying things Until something happens And they bring it back out again And then I'm really good at burying it again And Jesus didn't call me to bury things He called me to be free of things And so just something to think about as we go through this. So let's jump into this. Question number one, am I ignoring my wounds? Is it possible that I'm ignoring the wounds that maybe I'm carrying in life? Scripture tells us you cannot heal a wound by saying it's not there, right? I'm really good at this, you know, really, really good at this. Uh, And I'm not just talking like spiritually or emotionally, like physically too, right? I mean, I don't know if any of you, I mean, I don't want to go to the doctor for nothing, you know, because then the doctor's going to tell me the dumb stuff I'm doing. And it's just like, let's just pretend it's not happening. Because if we pretend it's not happening, maybe it'll go away. You know what normally happens? <laughs> By the time I go to the doctor, it's like 50 times worse if I just would have sucked it up and went in the first place. But I like to try to say, hey, let's just pretend it doesn't exist. Going back to that author I shared before, let me share with you something else he said about church hurts. He says, running from emotional pain is never a good idea, as it only leaves us damaged of soul and hindered in our ability to fulfill our purpose. We have to turn and face our torturous seasons and the scars they try to leave on our hearts. See, I think the natural tendency of most human beings, whether we realize it or not, is when we're hurt, it's easier to run from that hurt than it is to face it because of the potential additional hurt we might have to go through because of it. I know that's the way I process things at times. So let's ask the question again. Am I ignoring my wounds? Especially when it comes to wounds in the church or things that have happened to me in the church. Now, let me just say for a moment, when I say church hurts or church wounds, I don't want you to think about that just in the context of things that have happened to me or things that have been done to me, ways that people have hurt me. There's another way I want you to think about this. Do you realize that you can be wounded by the church just by trying to keep an unrealistic pace in the church? Right? Anybody here, I mean you don't have to raise your hand, burnout? Pressure that you put on yourself? Or you feel I mean that can suck the life out of you too That can be a wound too Because here's what ends up happening Whether it's through pace Whether it's through pressure Whether it's through being worn down or burnt out Or whether it's through something that actually happens to us Here's some symptoms I want you to think through for a moment Some symptoms of a potential church hurt Symptom one is you might start experiencing A growing doubt inside of yourself right? Now think about this. Doubt, this can come in many ways. You start doubting your faith. You start doubting your abilities. You start doubting whether you're saved or not. You start doubting the church that you're in. You start doubting the leadership. You start doubting the people around you. You start doubting whether anybody cares about you. All of a sudden, all these doubts just start flooding into you. You start questioning everything. Doubt then moves into you start seeing a decrease in trust you start trusting. you stop trusting people you stop stop trusting the people around you you stop trusting leadership you stop trusting the purpose of the church you stop, you start uh, you stop doubting or tr- trusting the the mission of the church you start uh, doubting and you stop trusting your place in the church And then you start seeing yourself. Another symptom is you might start seeing you start questioning motives. Every time somebody says something to you or does something to you, you're questioning. Why did they say it that way? Why did they do that? Do they not trust what I'm trying to say? Do they not think I'm good enough to know what I'm doing? Why did they act that way towards me? Have they got a problem with me? Did they know something about me? Did they under? You see, there's all of a sudden you start questioning all motives, right? Every time the leadership does something, you're questioning the motive. Every time the pastor gets up and says anything, you're questioning the motive. Why are they saying that? And hear me, it's not a bad thing to always hold your leadership accountable. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that negative, just you're constantly looking for reasons to be frustrated and angry, and that becomes the next symptom. All of a sudden, when it comes to church, all you feel is more frustration and anger. Anytime you get asked to do something, you're frustrated. Anytime you feel conviction, you get angry. All of a sudden, all you're at is this resentful attitude towards the church, or a resentful attitude towards individuals, or even a resentful attitude towards the leadership. And all of these symptoms come together and what ends up happening is you start, and you start or you're in the place where now all of a sudden you have a very hard heart. That's what church hurts will end up doing. It just makes you hard. Some of us might sit there and go, well, what's, what's that necessarily mean? Well, let me put it some other ways. These are the ways that I felt. I kind of sat down this week and I processed through this and asked myself, well, David, what are the things that you felt? I've felt a hardening of the heart, but I've also felt dry when it came to my spiritual life. When I would carry my wounds. I didn't feel a lot of life when it came to my spiritual life, when it came to the church. I didn't feel excitement. I didn't feel passion. Instead, all I looked for was the things to complain about and the things I wanted to point out and be angry about and frustrated about. The things I wanted to say, these are the things that are wrong and the things that I don't like. And then what ended up happening is I came to the place where I just felt numb. Church hurts got me to the point of just feeling numb. And what I mean by numb is I never stopped serving and doing the things that God asked me to do, but I was just numb in doing it. There was no life in it anymore. There was no excitement. There was no, I know I'm doing what God wants me to do. I was more doing it because, well, this is what I have to do. And I'm not going to be accused of the guy that doesn't do what I have to do. And I just became numb. And what ended up happening is I started reacting to everything from a defensive posture. And then what I ended up doing is I found myself playing with the idea of wanting to run away. I've been there in churches. And I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be part of this church. Man, I would love to find the perfect church. Anybody ever been there? Oh, I can't wait to go. I just don't want, I don't want to be here no more. You can tell you can, my wife, I was like, I don't want to be here no more. I've had those moments in other, you know, I've had those moments. I want to run away. I want to go someplace else. I want to run away spiritually, right? I don't want to engage. I don't want to go deeper. I don't even want to, I don't want to hear conviction. I don't want to hear anything. I just want to run away spiritually. I want to run away emotionally. And ultimately I want to run away physically, because I don't want to press in and have to do the work that God wants me to do. These were the, the symptoms that I have felt when it comes to me ignoring my wounds. Here, ultimately, is where I was. I sat down, and I was thinking about this again this week, and I was praying about this, like, God, what was the attitude of my heart during those times when wounds took control of me? And he, and he reminded me, he said, David, the cry of your heart at that moment when you knew you were ignoring the wounds, it's because the cry of your heart was the same as, as King David. The cry of your heart was, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. I was not walking in the joy Of Christ's salvation When I was ignoring my wounds And everything in me Was saying Lord Restore to me The joy of thy salvation So I say this To ask the first question Is it possible that maybe some of us In that same place you can kind of track With some of these symptoms And are you there where you're saying Lord restore to me the joy of my salvation There's something Lord the joy is not there is it possible because we're ignoring some wounds that are affecting us? Second one, is the wound legitimate? Now, hear me on this just for a moment, because some of us might be a little like, wait a minute, are you questioning my wound? Uh, and then, Philip, if you want to get this ready, I'm going to have you do the video here in a second. Um, here's the thing I want to say real quick. When I say legitimate, I'm not trying to say that you weren't wounded. I'm not trying to say that you didn't feel something. I want to challenge us for a moment. Is it possible that something happened to us, yes, that shouldn't have happened? Well, we made it a lot bigger than it needed to be. That's what I'm talking about, legitimate. Like, something did happen, but did we make it a whole lot more than it needed to be? And to share this illustration, and then you might want to be ready for sound, because I don't know how loud it's going to be. Uh, but just, to, if you haven't seen this video, it's a real quick, uh, uh, it's a real video in court. And hopefully this will help you understand what I'm talking about. Go ahead and play it. Thank you. The next speaker is Marvin Clayton. Wait. Oh. 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 You write in Um, Okay Uh, Stop that woman from moving the room. Mr. Mayor She struck the woman, she should be arrested Alright, we can go on Alright, so this is what I'm talking about Did something happen? Yes Did she whack her in the back of the head? Yes (laughs) Was it that severe? No (laughs) Here's the thing I want to say Satan wants us to get to the point when it comes to our wounds that when things happen, yes, they might have to be addressed. Yes, it did actually happen and maybe it did affect us. But here's the thing many times, and I'm going to challenge this because I think this is true of a lot of people, we are all ready to make a big deal out of something that was not a big deal. We overreact. In fact, I'm going to say this many times, the reaction that we have to an offense actually causes more damage to us than the actual offense. You do realize that that woman probably could have hurt herself worse by flinging herself on the ground than she did by getting whacked in the back of the head with some papers. This happens to us all the time. And I want to just get challenges from it because what happens is, is we're wounded and we overreact to it. And then here's what ends up happening. We overreact. And it might cause a breakdown in friendship or a division of some kind. It might cause some chaos. It makes, it makes things worse than it needs to be. What ends up happening is, is, God wants to restore us, but many times the division stays because we're too embarrassed because of our reaction to go admit we were wrong. Let me give you an example of this from our childhood. I have friends that I grew up in, with from the moment I was a little kid. They were my neighbor's best friends. We played with each other every single day. I would wake up, go to their house, we would play all day long. Best friends all throughout until probably about fifth grade. Fifth grade, I got my first super soaker, okay? They had theirs. We were having a big old water fight. I was running towards one of my friends. Uh, It was the older brother of the two brothers. I reached out to him to try, he was trying to spray me. I reached out and my finger caught his shirt and I ripped his shirt open. In anger, he took my $10 super soaker and busted over his knee. Can I tell you right now, that ended our friendship. I never played with those friends ever again. And it wasn't just me. It was on their side too because they were like, you ripped my shirt. I was done. Uh, it, it just, it, it, everything fell apart at that moment. These were the friends I played with every single day of my life. And it ended over a ripped shirt and a super soaker. And one of the reasons it stayed that way is because I know this is true on both sides. Neither one of us were ever going to be the one to apologize, to admit that there was an overreaction. But can I challenge us that that happens in the church a lot? Things happen to us and we overreact. And we actually cause more damage by our overreaction than we did of the actual offense that happened. So when we think about bringing our wounds into the light of Jesus, we need to start asking ourselves, hey, is this wound even legitimate? Am I just blowing this out of proportion? Am I just making this about me? Am I just finding reasons to be angry? Is Jesus calling me to show grace and love and mercy and just let it go? Do I need to address it? You see what I'm saying? We don't do that when it comes to our wounds. We, we harbor and we overreact and we make the things worse than they need to be instead of bringing them into the light of Jesus. The next question to ask yourself to bring your wounds into the light is: Am I being manipulated? First Peter says this. Peter says, "Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour." Here's what I want us to understand with this one: is this sober-minded? This, where he says, "Be sober-minded." It, it actually means what it says. Don't be intoxicated, right? Don't be under the influence of anything. Live in such a way that you are not under the influence. So here's why I'm bringing this up. Because one of the schemes of Satan, one of the schemes of the enemy, because he remember, he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy the church. One of the schemes that he uses is he likes to manipulate us through our wounds. He likes to take the wounds that happen to us and he wants to manipulate us with them. They become the hook that he likes to use to drag us around and get us to do things that Jesus is saying, don't do. Let me give you an example from Scripture. The Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Right? We've probably heard this before. In your anger, do not sin. Well, think about this for a moment in the context of a church hurt or a wound. Let's say something happens. Remember, I went back to some of the symptoms is we start getting frustrated and we start getting angry. So let's say that we have that wound. And that wound produces a hurt in us. Right? So now we're carrying this hurt in us because of this wound. And we don't deal with it. So it festers. Well, guess what? Normally a hurt will eventually become anger. The more you harbor a hurt, the quicker you get to be angry about it. See, and then the anger becomes the hook that Satan wants to use to lead you into sin. How does sin show up in the church because of church hurts? Well, Pastor Matt talked about a little bit. All of a sudden, now you become a gossip. Hey, let me tell you about what so-and-so did to me. Let me get you on my side of what so-and-so did. Let me talk to you about the wound that happened to me. And I want you to know why I'm right and they're wrong. Now, I'm actively trying to murder your reputation in the church because I want people to see it the way I see it. Sin is also, because of my church hurt, my anger, I back out of being part of the church. I stop being part of the church. I don't want to be around the church. I stop coming to church. I stop engaging in the church. I stop loving people in the church. Satan wants to use our wound that becomes a hurt, that becomes anger, and then he wants to use that as the hook to draw us deeper into darkness. And then what happens is we enter into this cycle that we just can't break free of. Or now our wound produces more sin and more sin produces more guilt and then more guilt just keeps that wound open and we never experience the healing that Jesus wants to give to us. See, here's the thing, facing and dealing with our wounds and bringing them into the light of Jesus actually removes all authority and power that the enemy tries to have over your life. By bringing that wound into the light, you demolish and destroy any authority he has over you. But most of the times we want to keep those wounds packed away in the dark. And when we do, he just gets to play all the more. And he manipulates all the more. This is why we bring them into the light. Here's the last question. Am I being transformed by my church hurts? See, this is something we're going to talk about more next week, but I want to hit on a little bit today. When you bring your wounds into the light of Jesus, an amazing thing happens. The wound gets healed, and you get transformed. You get matured. You get brought more into the image of Jesus Christ. Go back to um, Joseph in the Old Testament. Now, if anybody has a reason to complain about hurts, it's Joseph right? Sold by his family, sold into slavery, thrown into prison, lied about. I mean, Joseph had some wounds. And when he looked at the people that wounded him, this is what he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this, uh, to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Do you hear the voice of a man that was transformed by his wounds? Yeah, that wound was meant to destroy me maybe not by you, but by the enemy. He wanted to destroy me. But you know what? God took that wound and he did something awesome with it and he transformed me. Because I was willing to bring that wound into the light of Jesus Christ. As we bring this all to completion, I just want to share for a moment some of the, a story of church wounds that I had and, and how God had to teach me with, with being um, transformed by this. When we were in Missouri... Mind you, I had been going for about 10 years, becoming, I mean, I've been serving in the church as an associate pastor. I did youth ministry. I mean, my goal was to be a senior pastor. When I finally became a senior pastor in Missouri, we had a family, uh, one family, well, there were some more that got brought into it, but one family was the instigators of this. Now, mind you, my wife and I had packed up our entire lives. We didn't have family with us. We were in a strange place with strange people. Um, We had a family that invited us in to be friends. Like, it was so great because it was like, hey, people, you know, we had, we're new to this place. All of a sudden, here's these friends that we had, right? We're hanging out with them. Um, Needless to say, that didn't last very long. And all of a sudden, there became this major conflict between us and them. And I'm not going to go into details of all of it, but it, it became pretty bad. It became so bad that when... It was announced that I was the first candidate to be the pastor there. The way it worked is I had a, they had to vote and all this stuff. I was, we were at Walmart one day, and um, we saw somebody that was from the church, and we got to talking to them. And, and I was like, hey, what are you up to tonight? And he's like, oh, we're going to, to that meeting to go talk about you. And I'm like, what? What meeting? And he kind of looks at me like, oh, crap, the secret meeting. You know, like you just see it on his face. What turned out was this family that we were having odds with were actively, they were actively seeking out all new members of the church trying to get a coalition to vote me out. So like all these people that, you know, so they were having secret meetings trying to vote us out. I would get up on Sunday and preach and have dirty looks shot at me. My wife would have dirty looks shot at her. Things were said about us. Relationships were destroyed because of all this. I mean, it was bad. Uh, I'm, I'm not going into a lot of detail, but it was bad. It was to the point that, um, my, my wife was I mean we're to the point like this, I'm done this, this is stupid I ain't putting up with this. I mean it, it got bad Really really bad um, So anyways All of a sudden After about uh, six months Not even six months in the church It wasn't just a couple of months God blessed us with something uh, Amy got pregnant for the first time And I remember when I announced That Amy was pregnant The look on her face Was of just pure Just anger um, Because here's the thing you can't really say bad things about a mother-to-be, right? I mean, it kind of took away their their position. Well, anyways, they ended up leaving the church. Here was my attitude when they left the church. Yes, we won, right? That was my attitude. Thank you, Jesus, for getting rid of these people. These horrible, horrible people, right? And then I was like, Lord, please judge these horrible people horrible people. Let them know. Every time I would see them, anger, right? Anytime I'd see them in the community, anger. I was just, I, I, I'll say it, I hated them because of what they did to our family. About a year into my ministry there, being the senior pastor, things weren't really going the way I was hoping. You know, you have all these ambitions and dreams, and then all of a sudden God kind of hit me with something. He said, David, I can't use you because you're still holding on to the past. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? I ain't holding on to the past. I'm all about the future. He's like, yeah, what about them? So I sat down and I wrote a letter. And in the letter, I, I, you know, I didn't do the, well, you did this, you did this, you did this. I did, I have to seek your forgiveness for the ways that I have wronged you and wounded you and hurt you and the ways that I did not respond right and all this. And I put all this in the letter. And then (laughs) I put it in my drawer. I was like, God, can I get points for writing a letter? You know, his heart heartfelt. And that letter stayed in the drawer for probably a good another three, four months. And, and then finally God got me to the point where it's was like, you got to send the letter. So I sent the letter. Can I tell you that as soon as I sent the letter, now here's the thing, no conversation has ever happened between me and them. They never acknowledged the letter. There was never any reconciliation. There was nothing. But can I tell you, as soon as the letter left my hand and went into the mailbox, utter and complete peace. Now, before we left there, I could see them in uh, Walmart and I could be like, hey, how's it going? And I could talk to them. I could have a conversation. They didn't want to have a conversation, but I was, I was 100% fine. See, God taught me something through my church work, uh, wounds. He taught me what it means to be humble, what it means to be forgiving, what it means to take responsibility. He taught me what it means to uh, actually not focus on the wrongs that somebody else has done to me, but take ownership of my wrongs. God grew me through my wound. God matured me through my wound. He took something that was meant to destroy me and actually used it as a way to grow me. So I want you to think about that when it comes to your own church hurts. How is God maturing you? How is he transforming you through your wounds? When you bring your wounds into the light and out of darkness, he will use them to transform you and to grow you. As we close and prepare for communion, here's the thing. Staying in darkness is easy. That's the easy thing. It hurts, but that's easy. Bringing our wounds into the light requires us to trust and to take a leap of faith. To say, Jesus, I don't necessarily want to deal with this, but I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to take a leap of faith. And as we prepare for communion, let's hear Jesus' words. If you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Let's clarify this a little bit more what Jesus is saying here. The, the Lord's table, this is our altar. We come and we partake of communion. This is the altar table. We are coming to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the body and the bread. Or the body is the bread and the, blood is the, you know, the wine is the blood. We are coming to the altar And Jesus says, hey, if you come to the altar and you remember that there is a wound, something has happened in you. Don't just focus on what Jesus says that if they have something against you. Open your mind a little bit to say, you know what, if there is a wound that has happened that I am holding on to between myself and someone else in the church, then I need to deal with it. I need to deal with it, and the first thing that I need to do is bring it into the light of Jesus Christ. I need to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to acknowledge it's there. I'm going to acknowledge that it's manipulating me, that it's controlling me, that it has an impact on me, Lord. I don't want this. Restore the joy of thy salvation, Lord. I'm coming to the altar to receive grace and mercy and forgiveness and power and strength and a commitment to be the person you called me to be. Lord, I want to get rid of everything that's holding me back. I'm going to deal with it. If that means you have to go to the person and deal with it, then go to the person and deal with it. If that means it's just between you and God to have to bring it out and say, Lord, heal this wound, heal the wound. But in all of it, Jesus says, if you come to present your sacrifice and you know there's something there, deal with it. Then partake of the sacrifice. Because then you know you're doing it and you've laid everything out on the table and you said, Lord, I'm not keeping anything in the darkness. So as we partake of communion, maybe there's, gonna take, Maybe some of us have wounds that's gonna take a while for us to process through. And I'm not trying to tell you to get up and not partake of communion. What I'm saying is, as we partake of communion this morning, are you willing to put yourself humbly before God and at least acknowledge this, Lord, there are wounds that I need to deal with and I'm putting them in your hands. To deal with. or because I'm tired of them being in the darkness, I'm bringing them into the marvelous light. Restore the joy of thy salvation. Would you grab your elements that you have for communion? And what I would ask us to do, would you just take, let's just take a few, a few seconds. And, and I want you to prepare your hearts however you need to do it. If it's based on this to say, Lord, I got wounds and I, no, I I don't want these anymore. I want them healed. I want to do something about it. Then let's do that. Do that business with God before we partake. But let's just take a moment, just a couple of seconds. and, And why don't you do that where you're at in prayer and prepare your heart to partake of communion this morning. jesus we humbly put ourselves before you right now as we partake of your table lord again i I think it's so important to say it's your table this is not ours we did not create this we are not in charge of this we are not there's nothing about us that makes this significant it's the fact that it's your table and you've invited us to it you have looked at us in our brokenness you have looked at us in our sin and you still have said with love come to the table Partake of this glorious promise and this covenant relationship that I am offering you that I created and I bought and paid for it by my blood. I allowed my body to be wounded because I knew that your soul was going to be wounded. And it's through my wounds that you are healed. I, I allowed my blood to flow that it can wash away sin, not just our sin, but it washes away the sin that is committed even against us. The sin of the wounds that happened to us. Jesus, you died for them just as much as you died as the wounds that we cause ourselves. Lord, this is the table where all of it is set right. This is the table where we're reminded of the cross and of the resurrection and new life and the glorious life that is ours in you and through you. or so as we partake today, let us experience the fullness of grace that happens at your table, that sins are completely forgiven, that they're washed completely clean, and that wounds are healed. And you can use every wound for your glory. And you can unite your church in a way that the world has never seen before for your glory. Or let that be the desire of our hearts as we partake together of your table. We give you praise in your name. Amen.